0: Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021 in this week's episode of scale your sales podcast my next guest wow i was so inspired by this guest we talked about his organization he shared his story of how he got started in in tech sales and the environment he came from and recognizing that other people come from a similar uh, environment have similar challenges so what did he do he set up an organization so as a 27 year old CEO of usintechnology.com, which is on a mission to help diversify the technology industry by training and placing minorities and historically excluded individuals in sales marketing coding engineering and revenue roles us in technology works with top tech companies committed committed to attracting, retaining, and developing un- underrepresented talent. Welcome to Scale Yourselves podcast, Kendrick Trotter. It's great to have
1: you on. I'm really excited to be on, Janice, and I look forward to the uh, conversation today.
0: Well, first of all, talk to me about us in technology, what inspired you to start it, what the mission is. I'm desperate to know more about this.
1: Yeah, yeah of course. So, Um, For those of you who may not know me, my name is Kendrick Trotter, a very, very proud CEO and founder of Us in Technology. And what inspired me to creating and founding Us in Technology was really a series of lifelong events. So I was actually raised by a single mom um, just 10, 15 miles away from the Silicon Valley. But growing up, we had no idea about the opportunities in tech. Um, And there were really three different ideas of you know, success coming from the areas that I came from. And it was either being a professional athlete, being a professional entertainer, or unfortunately being in the streets. Um, and so, as I was saying, in the pre-call, Janice, my mom's a Libra. Uh, so the, the streets were definitely not an option for me, but I was fortunate enough to get a Division One football scholarship uh, where I played at the University of Idaho. And when I came home, um, I was right back kind of where I started. And I started Ubering and as I was Ubering, I met a VP of sales at AWS. And he said, Kendrick, you have all the characteristics to be in tech sales. And I said, I don't know anything about tech sales. And he said, if you can study a playbook for football that changes every week, you can study product knowledge. So he actually helped me get my very first job. And I started off as a sales development rep. Within three years of being in the space, I went from a sales development rep to a major account rep at a public cybersecurity company. Uh, managing accounts like eBay, Salesforce, Workday, Twitter. And as I was living my best life and earning a really good amount of money, uh, a lot of my friends on social media started reaching out to me and they said, hey, Kendrick, I know you're not an entertainer. I know you're not playing sports and I know you're not in the streets. You know, what do you do for a career? And uh, that's when I told them about the opportunities in tech. And I literally started off by mentoring my best friend. I helped him get a job and it went from one person to five people to now us in technology is a platform and virtual community of more than 10,000 people. So um, our mission at Us and Technology is that we're connecting underrepresented people to a hiring tech company.
0: This is amazing. Honestly, when I went onto the website and I urge everyone to go onto the, the website, as thinking, what can I do? You know, yes. what can I do? What more can I do? Here I am in the UK and I talk about on the podcast, women in sales, diversity in sales. I'm constantly asking the question because I really want things to change. And here you are. I'm really inspired by you, Kendrick. Here you are, you've just gone out and, and you've done it. And I'm just thinking, I'm li- I'm living too small, Kendrick. Yeah. I need to be, you know, up in my game, really. So <laughs> I, offline, I might be talking to you about some some things, really. Because um, there's so much to do that, you know, we need to take the rein and start controlling things a little bit more and, and, and doing it ourselves. But we'll get into that. We'll okay. get into okay. that. That's the starting point. What is, where are you going with it? What, what will be, my job is done? What will that yeah. look like?
1: So that's a great question. The first thing I wanna comment on is what you said a few moments ago, which is um, each of us need all of us, right? And the reason why most people that look like either you or myself, they think that, you know, playing sports or being an entertainer is the only way to make it is because those people look more similar to us. They identify more similar to us. And maybe you know the way in which that we were raised, and so we actually did some um, some research on our own community a few days ago. We actually learned that seventy-eight percent of our social media followers are actually women. Sixty-eight percent of our community of ten thousand people are also women as well. So one of the things you, we would love for you to do is you know just doing more opportunities like this, bringing more awareness to to our communities. Um, to answer your question. You know, when I first started us in technology, it was something that I was doing as a side side thing, volunteering my time. And um, I started, I placed one person and five people, and I was still performing as a sales rep. And then when my organization found out that I was sourcing people to other companies, they're like, hey, Kendrick, you know, this could be a potential conflict of interest. You have to make a decision. You know, I had to walk away from a really, really, really strong salary. But when I thought about it to myself, I said, you know, I thought my goal was to make six figures. Then I made six figures and then I helped someone else make six figures. And what felt better to me was not only making six figures but was helping other people make six figures who grew up similar to me. In my first year with us in technology, we only had about two or three employees and we sourced more than 115 people in our first year uh, to these uh, sales opportunities. And 92% of those placements will have the opportunity to make six figures by their second year in their career. And so in the last uh, six to eight months, the decision that I had to make is, do I want to keep this as a business uh, for Kendrick? And maybe we help 100 to 150 people a year? Or do we want to help 100 people in a day? And my personal goal is I want to make the biggest impact in the world possible. I don't want to be just limited to the United States. I don't want to be Um, just limited to, you know, family and friends, I want to help as many people as possible, and I want to make the biggest impact in the world. So right now, we're actually, we created a mobile platform, a mobile app that launches um, later this month, actually, that will put us in a position to help people not just in the U.S., but outside the U.S., and um, to help us to be able to scale our partnerships and also be able to scale the placements in which we have in a day. When I think about how we take over the world, when my goal is 10, 15, 20 years from now, when anyone thinks about us in technology, whether it's a, a virtual event, an in-person event, um, if it's about you know seeking job opportunity or continuous education, whenever someone of color thinks about tech or someone from an underrepresented background, I want them to associate that with us in tech and the brand that we're building
0: you know i'm just inspired you know i interview a lot of uh, people influence and, and experts and i'm i'm very very inspired by you and kind of motivated to kind of do more than than what i am am doing and you know i hope that others listening to this it just makes you think you can do anything you've just got to put your yeah. mind to it you've just got to decide and i think it was interesting you came to a point where the company said to you you know you can't continue to run both You've got to make a decision. And, and that was quite yeah. a big decision for you to kind of step off the career and the earning to, to develop this and a very brave um, decision. But let's briefly just go back to the kind of sales environment um, and talk uh, more about in sales, let's keep it relevant, in sales, what are the barriers? There you were, someone helped you into sales, but you know, there are systems and processes, there are organizations that say that, you know, we're encouraging diversity and all of these things, they're ticking the bolts and those that are doing even more, you know, but why do we need your organization? What are these barriers that are not being removed?
1: Yeah, so that's a phenomenal question and I can talk about this for hours so um I'll talk about my process first when I first broke into the space and some of the barriers that I had to overcome so my first three months as an SDR I should have been fired and I should have been fired because I'd asked my manager for help who was a a white woman and she said Kendrick, talk like you're talking to your friends I'm like oh you do not know my friends right and I'm like, I just came from a football locker room, football locker room, corporate America. You don't want me to talk like I'm talking to my friends. And she said, Well, Kendrick, I want you to talk like you're talking to your dad at the dinner table. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't grow up with my father at the dinner table. And so when I tried to impersonate or I, I tried to mimic the others in the office, what I eventually learned was the others weren't me. So it sounded very unnatural and it was very uncomfortable, you know, walking into an environment and being the only person who looked like myself, the only person of color. And uh, it wasn't that people treated me different. It just was a sense of uncomfortability. They couldn't fire me because I kept coming in early. I kept leaving late. I was always like, you know, just asking people for help, which I really got that, learned that from being an athlete. And what I realized later in my career is what I suffered from was imposter syndrome. And so a lot of companies are looking to hire more underrepresented people, but they're not investing enough time in learning and understanding how to retain underrepresented people. So underrepresented people typically churn at a 35% higher rate than uh, someone who isn't underrepresented. So for us, in our first year of a business and placing over 115 people, we only actually had seven people churn in that first year. And so what we learned is by having a community external of the organization that they work with to help them with continuous education resources, to help them with conversations, similar to most ERGs, it makes for a much more better together experience than someone embarking on this um, alone. Uh, The other thing that I'll say as a hurdle that I personally have overcome and I continue to overcome is two things that I hold myself accountable to is always being the best that I can be. And the second thing is, you know, really priding myself on taking the higher road. I've had a situation where I was actually at RSA and I was doing a presentation to a senior cybersecurity engineer and it was uh, my leadership team and the, the the prospect and I walked in in a nice red blazer. And the prospect was actually from Boise, Idaho. He looked at me, he laughed. He said, who is this? And my team said, you know, this is our account executive. And he said, you know, if you were to wear that that red blazer and, Bo- and Boise, like you'd be lynched, right? And he kind of made a joke about it. And he laughed. And my team, which was mostly white team members, they looked at me in awe, right? Their jaws dropped. And they just knew that I was going to, you know, lied into this guy and I just smiled and I said, Hey, you know, I actually was in Boise a couple of days ago. I made it back safely and I just continued with my agenda and objective and my teammates, their jaws are probably still on the ground today, but the sense of maturity and not giving that individual the response that I know that they wanted me to respond and, you know, not allowing anybody to detour me from, you know, my goals is something I think is really important.
0: I love that story. I, I do love that story. And I think it's important for you've got to choose your battles, haven't you? Because otherwise yeah. you'll be battling all the time. And that's gonna, as you say, distract you from what your mission is, what your goal yes. is. And there are people that whose sole goal is to try and needle you, to try and yeah. distract you. And they're not the ones that are kind of putting food on your, your table that yes. you know, so it's about having that clear focus about who you are, why you're there, and what you want to achieve for yourself. Yeah, I love that that and story. Can I
1: add one point too? Sorry, you, you asked mm. me why are my services important. Um, the tech industry right now is top five highest paid industries in the world, but only 1.3% Black, 3.3% Latinx, and 24% women. And so if you want new results, you have to think, In different ways, right? Um, Insanity is literally doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And what we've learned about our community is that 86% of our community that is more than 10,000 members, they actually didn't create a LinkedIn profile until after they interacted with us and technology. So what we've learned about our target audience is most traditional recruiting solutions are obviously leveraging LinkedIn. I think that's where 86% of hires come from, but our people aren't actually on LinkedIn. Um, So what we're able to do, we're able to connect the dots between these hiring tech companies and obviously a lot of entry level or career transitioners that are looking to break into this space.
0: I think I might know know the answer um, to this. Why is it that they don't have LinkedIn profiles?
1: I think it's a lack of awareness. For me, I didn't know about a LinkedIn profile until I met the Uber rider. And so a lot of our target audience, they consume information via different uh, social medias. And so you have to meet people where they are versus trying to get everyone to come to where you are. And that's something that we're, we're learning to master and we're prioritizing as we grow and as we scale, which is, you know, prioritizing meeting people where they are, giving them resources to make this transition a better together story versus, you know, all by yourself
0: yeah yeah that's interesting because i do get a lot of organizations perhaps for the, about the last 25 years i've yeah. been talking about diversity saying that we advertise and and people don't don't come forward but you're absolutely right you've got to go where people are and meet yeah. them where they are there's so many things that i want to kind of pick up on your, the great insights talked about one is the the manager that you had not realizing your yeah. environment and your world when they said you know speak like you would your father at the table or like your mates having no idea and concept as to what your your world looks like and i've often had organizations and i still see so much on on uh online that um uh ethnic minorities diverse people need to have coaching to negotiate the corporate world or this environment was actually i i think this this is the wrong way around we know we know the way of the world yeah. it's actually yeah. the corporate environment that needs the, yes. the, the coaching they're the ones that need to adapt because otherwise the stats that you gave us you're going to continue to have was it 35% um, attrition of, yes. of ethnic minorities yeah. unless the organization starts to change their behaviors, their mentality, yeah. their, you know, their, their mindset. So I'd really like your opinion on this, that how we can begin to change those corporations. Ooh.
1: You know, the first step to change is acknowledging you need to change. The second step is being open to changing, right? So here's the thing. There's a lot of research that validates teams that are more diverse produce 30% more than teams that lack diversity. With that statistic alone, it's putting corporations in a very interesting situation where even those who aren't sincere about diversifying the organization, they understand that they're running the risk of producing 30% less revenue if they don't diversify the organization, which I think for us and underrepresented people, it's all opportunity for us to get in there and to prove ourselves. The other thing is working to diversify your organization. You should seek outside counseling because in those situations that I explained both with my manager and maybe even with the prospect who said that rude joke, I'm not sure if intentionally they meant for it to have the effect on me in which it did not always the biggest fan of are assessment tests. And the reason why is, you know, with assessment tests, there's always this encouragement to be your authentic self and you're not being judged. But with any test, there's always a right and a wrong answer. And a lot of times those right answers are based on the responses associated with maybe a traditional person. And for me, being untraditional, having different experiences, I may not respond to the same question the way the question that you are, but that doesn't mean I'm less intelligent or less driven. So one of the questions that's often asked in interviews for sales is, would you rather be the best person on your team and hated by everyone or the worst person on your team and loved by everyone? And in sales, there's this like black and white answer that you seek winning versus you know being liked but when i talk to my community about this it's always split and more times than not it's split on the side of honestly i'd rather be the worst on my team and liked by everyone the reason why is because most people in our community they come from areas where there's consequences to not being liked by everyone and sometimes that consequence is life or death also To not be liked by everyone means you probably are doing something wrong versus right. So these are the types of traditional interview questions that I think are misaligned with underrepresented people. So I've been in situations where I've had to ask clients, hey, do you want me to encourage this person to be their authentic self? Or do you want me to train them on how to pass this test? because it's actually conflicting.
0: That is really interesting. It reminded me when I was um, applied for my MBA, top business school Uh. and the assessment tests. And uh, this is one of the most diverse business schools, but Mm. yet, Th- they were using traditional assessments that was created by a professor and so cannot be questioned because it's well researched. And I remember on, on the test that I, I did, you know, you have like the triangle, the square and all of that. Yeah. Um, and this one was uh, about landmarks and they were had references in the UK and London. Now, if you're applying in China or you're applying yeah. in, in Africa or you're applying in, you know, wherever you're not going to be able to recognize those things. So I questioned and then I got really angry when I got the response. Yeah. Well, it's been research and whatever, like, who are you? Who am I? You know, I know there's so much bias in the, in these uh, questions and the assessments, as you say, yeah. and the biases from even data has so much bias. whoever created yeah. that creates the bias w- within it. To tell it. a
1: certain story.
0: Exactly. It's there to tell a certain story. And I think we've got to continue to raise this as an issue, the amount of bias in well-researched data and, and, and documentation and to kind of uh, filter a lot of that out. But So I find your recognition of this re- really interesting and, and, and insightful. In terms of organisations then, uh, what do you do to help those organizations you talked about the bridge between your audience and the the organizations what what do you do
1: so i'm really really excited to say that we have really good open customers and we have really uncomfortable conversations i think when a lot of people think about like a successful partnership they're like oh it's so happy it's so exciting my biggest customer in the world um our, my biggest customer today, we've had the most uncomfortable conversations where we've challenged each other uh, back and forth. And we've had to both make adjustments on both sides. And I'll I'll give them a huge shout out publicly, which is a company called Service Titan. Um, and so for us, I, I think what's most important is focusing a little bit more on employee experience. Employee experience actually begins before that person becomes an employee. How do you conduct yourself in that interview process, right? Um, What is the onboarding experience like? What do you do for that person post hiring to show that you're continuously committed to them? Another one of our really good customers is Airtable. They've continued to push themselves outside the limits. They've continued to focus on having a great onboarding experience, but also a continued investment into that group of people by offering different ERG groups, different events for LGBTQA month, uh, for Black History Month. So what I've told people is that your best recruiters should be your current employees. If your current employees have a good experience, you'll never have trouble getting more people to try to come be a part of your program. Where recruiting becomes a problem is when your your current employees aren't having the best experience So they aren't willing to vouch for you as much as someone who was having a great experience. So what we try to do is with our clients is we try to get them not only to invest in the proper um, process of attracting people, but holding them accountable to developing those people. Um, So for us, there's a CNBC report that came out a couple months ago that said the number one reason why people are leaving jobs right now is because of toxic work environment, right? Um, So with us, in our relationships, we try. We don't partner with the organization unless they're committed to DEI, right? They actually pay us a a commitment fee because everyone likes diversity, equity, inclusion when it's free. Um, The other thing is if there isn't an opportunity to be promoted within 15 to 18 months, we won't partner with you. Why? Because the second reason why people churn from jobs is lack of career development. Um, And then also there has to be some type of plan for continuous education. The third reason why people leave jobs is because they feel like they aren't learning anymore. So um, our clients to date are all committed to those things and have all had a really good um, success so far in attracting and retaining talent.
0: Well, it's interesting. You're holding these companies to account by setting those benchmarks, but it's good for everybody isn't it? Yes. Just best practice is good for everybody. So that's, yes. that's, that's fantastic. Oh, there is, I've got to get you on again because there's so much, you know, we, <laughs> could, we could talk about lots in yeah. uh, sales and centricity and people, but this yeah. is, is your area. And I, I was so kind of impressed with what you're trying to do and the whole world needs, needs to know about this. So Kendra, I really wanted to kind of focus in on, on, um, how we can make sure that we've got more diversity in, in sales, but also in tech because there's, there, there yeah. is you know, a lack and it's such a growing, expanding um, area. Um, so let me ask you,
1: Uh-oh. who
0: is your hero or shero?
1: I have three. As I said in the beginning, I was raised by a single mom. And the older I get, the more respect that I get for that woman of what she had to sacrifice in order for me to be in this position. Um, As my mom worked two jobs uh, during the week, I didn't see her a lot. Uh, She was actually, you know, she would cook dinner in the morning. She would drop me off. She would leave. And sometimes we wouldn't see her the next day. But I have an older brother and an older sister who really stepped up to the plate. Um, They shielded me from a lot of things that were going on in the community. And they sacrificed a lot of things so I could experience things that they didn't have the opportunity to. Um, Things even like playing sports. Well, mom was like, hey, it's either your older brother's gonna play sports or your little brother's gonna play sports. And my older brother was like, well, I'm gonna choose him, right? Because we couldn't be separated. Um, My sister at the time growing up, she was in high school and there's a lot of different things she could have been doing. And she always sacrificed that to make sure that um, my brother and I were okay. And so for me, uh, my grandma was talking about us in tech the other day. She's like, do you feel pressure? Do you feel pressure? All these people depending on you. I "I don't really feel pressure. I I feel opportunity and I feel privileged. But the pressure that I do feel is that I just want every sacrifice that those three people made for me or anyone has ever made for me to be in this position to understand that it was worth it. So um, those are my sheroes, my mom and my sister, and then my heroes, definitely my older brother.
0: Well, Kendrick, it's worth it because I really am going to follow you and see what, you know, how you develop um this and and go forward. So I'm so glad that I connected with you and it, I'm sure we'll have many more conversations. So how can listeners, as I know they will want yeah. to, leverage your experience and v- advice? How can listeners get hold of you?
1: Yeah, this that's that's a great question. So there's there's a few things that we're always looking for. One, we're looking for always looking for more uh, customers. Uh, so if someone is looking to hire, um, you know, a SaaS organization is looking to make hires, us in technology would love to assist with that. Uh, the best way to potentially partner with us is by reaching out via our website, usintechnology.com. We're also always looking for mentors, right? We have a slogan at us in tech, which is each of us need all of us. If anyone's looking or open to being a volunteer or mentor at us in technology, um, please also reach out via our website. Uh, follow us on LinkedIn. We're starting to get our LinkedIn um, followers going pretty strong um, at us and technology. And then we're also on Twitter and Instagram as well. So our Instagram is fire. Um, that's where we post most of our uh, mentee testimonials. Um, but we definitely need to get our Twitter clout up a little bit. So our Twitter is um, at us in tech as well.
0: Excellent. Lovely. So thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast. I've really enjoyed learning from you, um, Kendrick, and I will continue to, I know I will. So thank you, Kendrick Trotter.
1: Let's do it. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, Feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.